0: Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. It's wonderful to be with you, it really is. And uh, it does seem like a long while, goodness me, whatever was all that about, COVID. But uh, um, terrible dream. Um, But here we are, and here you are. I haven't even been to this place. Um, Funny thing is, uh, before we get... um, no, I won't get into that. Just to say, uh, my wife Sue, uh, we're married. We've got um, married for 40 years this year. Later on, <laughs> later on in November. So we're we we're, we're, we're uh, we'll think we'll stick with it. Uh, and uh, we've got we've got a couple of grandchildren. That's a bit scary. Uh, lovely lovely uh, uh, young girl, six and two, Violet and Matilda. And um, for most all of our lives, we lived on the east coast of the UK. And, um, but God's made a way f- for a season of our lives to be now living in London with you. So we're based at Bassett Street Church, and so we're um, here probably half of our time, and getting, this is our ministry focus now, being based in London. So uh, we really do believe that God's got some... Um, we thought we were kind of coming into land, because we sort in our sort of mid-60s now, and you're sort of thinking, or, you know, you've had your best days, so you're coming into the land, you're taking off again. Um, so that's good, keeps you busy. All right, so uh, some of you don't know, you can't even imagine 60, I tell you it comes around very quickly, so make the best of your life, because right, you only get one, All right, so give, give it everything you can, and uh, thankfully we still know and love the Lord, and we're still going for it as best as we can, even though things still begin to creak a bit more, but um, not too much just yet. Now when I came in this morning, I, uh, I felt, this isn't the message I've prepared yet, so it I won't take too long. Uh, with this, but I was drawn in my head to when Paul was in Ephesus, and it said uh, in Acts uh, nineteen, um, Paul got kicked out of the synagogue, he was trying to tell them about the Lord, and they didn 't want nothing to do with it. So Paul left, took the disciples with him, and they had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the Word of the Lord. And God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Uh, Now when Steph, uh, a few things sort of kicked this off in my mind. Steph said to me, you're going to spend a year studying the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings, yeah? Uh, I feel there's a God ambush going to happen. Um and I feel you're in a lecture hall of Tyrannus moment. And there was, a, there was a, a reason they got there. There was Providence brought them where they were into the lecture hall of Tyrannus. There's Providence has brought you here one way or the other, it doesn't have to be because you got kicked out of the synagogue. I don't think that happened, did it? No. But you're here by Providence at this time. Maybe for a season. But there's certainly a season, I believe, of intense teaching, not intense as in hard work, but you know, focused, focused teaching with what will be the resultant breakout of the Holy Spirit, which is what happened here. He taught, Holy Spirit broke out. You cannot make the Holy Spirit break out, but you can teach. What the Holy Spirit does is entirely up to him, but we can make it uh, conducive, for him to do what he wants. We can either make it easy for him or we can make it hard for him. That's our choice. But he does want to do things. And God did something extraordinary. I said to Steph when he said, oh, we're going to study the Holy Spirit for a year, I said, you will see some things. I don't know why I even said it. It just came out. And I felt it again this morning when I came in. This is a lecture hall there will be, it won't be every day, but there's a season, a focused season. It says all of Asia heard the word. In other words, there's a wide impact. I believe God will draw, it says there, Jews and Greeks, all the nations. There'll be nations coming in through this year, people finding you, being here, sitting here, listening, being impacted for a year or whatever, and God's going to do some things that you didn't expect, extraordinary things. So I I feel before I get into what I'm going to say this morning, it's so important that when we, um, whenever we embark on something for the Lord, we have expectation. Yeah? Yeah. Because expectation, even if you don't know what you're expecting, um, you just know that you're expecting something rather than, you know, Slight sort of, well, we're waiting to see. No, well, you will wait and see, but oh, we're waiting to see. It's a bit more like that. Okay, so I just felt that God's priming a pump here. I don't know what comes beyond Tyrannus, neither did Paul at the time. I, I don't know. And I'm not saying that you're going to move venue or anything. I'm just saying there's a season of studying, which is what Paul did, focused, 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 and things started to break out. So there we go. You can um, have a think about that one. Um, is that all right? Yeah. OK, so now we'll get back to what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, for the sake of time, I'm aiming for about 12, is that about right? Or is that too long? That's too long. Give me. 10 to? Ten right, I'm going to have to be very, very, very <laughs> quick. OK, because <laughs> we want to do good application at the end. So I may not even. Turn to many scriptures and read them. I'll just tell you what they are, because I want you to be like the noble Bereans who went and searched to see if these things are true. Okay, But that's just for the sake of time. It's not because I'm treating scripture lightly. I would rather spend three hours going through it thoroughly, but I've got less, well, 30 minutes. I've just used seven. Uh, So I'm going to have to really, really be brief. Okay. So three things to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The word baptize means to immerse. So we're talking about something of the a a phrase that's used: the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or baptism with the Holy Spirit, or baptism in the Holy Spirit, or filling with the Spirit, whatever you want to call it. A time when God uh, visits His people individually and collectively. And there's three things about it I would like us just to have as a bit of a foundation. Firstly. It is a promise to, to be received. Now, in the Old Testament, you find, for example, people like Moses, special people. Everybody looked at Moses. He was a bit unique. When the glory of God came on him, his face was radiant, so he had to cover his face, and people watched him go into the tent of meeting. They couldn't go in. Right, no one else was allowed, just Moses, and he, he went in and he met with the Lord. He was a specially anointed person who had access to God's spirit, access to God's presence, and he represented everybody else. Right, that's how it was in the Old Testament. When you get to, to Joel, who's one of the sort of minor prophets, speaking in towards the end of the, New, of the Old Testament, he said, a day is coming, uh, and the Moses one, you can look at Moses uh, at Numbers eleven twenty nine. 29, That'll tell you there that Moses said, um, when people were saying, oh, this is amazing, Moses, the experience you have. And he said, are you jealous for me? He said, I wish that all of the Lord's people were experiencing what I'm experiencing. He he was longing for a bigger day, a better day, where he wasn't just the, the sort of the anointed one. That, Longing is then amplified in Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight, where Joel says, Afterwards, meaning you know, after towards the end of the old covenant, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit. He's prophesying, saying, The Lord's saying, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters, men and women, I'll pour out my spirit graciously, abundantly, fully, unregulated undistinguishing upon everyone who is, who is mine, not just the special people, not just a special person, Moses. So there's a bit of an important thing when we now um, we hear that longing, things were going to change. And when we get to the New Testament, then in Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 28, we have the day of Pentecost, where what Moses was longing for, what Joel was longing for, uh, breaks out. Now this was all going on, Peter then stood up and said, uh, you, these people aren't drunk, because that's what others were saying, their, their behaviour, there's some, something being manifested that makes them look and sound as if they're a bit drunk. And Peter said, no, it's nine in the morning, they're, they're, they're really not drunk. This, what you're seeing, is what Joel spoke about. And then he quotes the, the, uh, the chapter Joel chapter 2 in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. There's a decisive turning moment from the Old Covenant with a few special people that God selects to the New Testament era, which we are now living in, where, yes, there are unique anointings on every one of God's people that make us all a little bit different. We all have different callings, giftings, anointings, but everyone who knows the Lord Jesus as their personal Saviour can receive abundantly and is promised that they have the right to receive abundantly the promised Holy Spirit. It is a promise to you and to me. Um, it, uh, it even says that in, uh, in Acts chapter 2 there. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Yes, this is... This was sort of spoken by the there we are. Where does it say Pro, um, this was promised.' I'm just trying to find it. Oh here we go. Yeah, I thought it was there somewhere. someone cut it out my wall's still there. Um, Acts 2:38, Peter then replied to the people who were watching on, not the believers, but those who were sort of amazed by it. He said, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, listen, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit." The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, we have to to think about that for a minute. And it's important we understand when he's saying that, he's saying there is a promise that is for all generations, all ages of the church from then on. On. Now, hands up if you are part of all. Excellent. Anyone not think they're part of all? Good. That's right. Because it's not only promised to them, it was a promise to their children, the next generation. And it says, to all who the Lord our God will call. All down through the ages. That's us sitting here. This is a promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it's a bit like. And this is really important. If I had, do you remember checkbooks? Has any of you still got a checkbook? Wow. Yeah, in the drawer somewhere. Yeah, you say, has anyone ever written a check? Yes. yes. Please tell me you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. <laughs> On this a piece of paper, remember paper yeah. and, and uh, pens? Remember pens? So checkbooks, paper, pens. You remember writing? Yeah. Okay. All of these things happened many years ago. And a cheque book is a little oblong thing, and it says, I promise to pay the bearer. And if it's signed, I nearly thought about bringing one along, signed blank, and I thought, no, it's not a good idea, Um, because I might lose it or it fall out on the underground or something, and someone has a great day. Um, But what it means is if if I sign a cheque, then whoever's got that cheque, I am duty-bound, legally bound, to give them financially whatever I've written on that check if I've signed it. I, have not, I cannot, there's nothing I can say legally that would stop that once I've signed it other than tearing it up. Yeah, there's nothing about the actual piece of paper is legally binding. It is a promise. This is a promise. So we have to understand when we talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the desire for that does not originate with us the desire that God's people would be filled with God himself comes from him. And he's making us a promise. And I often find Christians sometimes struggle, thinking, oh, I'm not really worthy, I'm not a good enough Christian, I need to improve in a few areas. There's other people in my community group, or um, what do you call them? Gospel, what do you call them? GCs, something like that. You know, Small groups, you know what I mean. There's people in my small groups that know a little better than me. I'm, yeah, I'm not very good. It's nothing to do with how good you are. In actual fact, that's the point why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because you're not very good. That is, that is the point. It's not an achievement for a race well run. It's an empowerment to help you get there. So it, it begins in the heart of God. It's not a, it's not a thing that you, you, you kind of achieve you think, well, you know, I can understand why they would receive the Holy Spirit, but not me. That, that is not what, this, this is about God coming to empower us. So it's, in, it's important, it's a, it's, a, it's a promise God has made. So there's no reason on earth or in heaven why you and I should not receive the fullness of God's Holy Spirit in every way he designs that to be enjoyed and imparted to us. Amen. Right, there's a promise been made by him to you. And you can take that back to him and say, well, you said. If you don't mean it, don't say it. He did say it, so he does mean it. He wants us to be a little bit um, robust about the things he says. He likes that. God likes it when we take him at his word and say, well, you said this. That's not my problem. You said it. He likes that. He doesn't want us to be indifferent or doubting looking at ourselves, we look at the cross, we look at the resurrection, we look at what Jesus did. Not what we do or have done, that's why he came, to qualify us. So there's a promise that's been given, there's an empowerment to live in, and I'll go through this very quickly. So when we're born again by the Spirit of God, there is an indwelling that takes place. The Spirit of God comes to live within us, no doubt about that. Uh, the Bible says, you can't say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. You know uh, We are born again of the Spirit of God. In John chapter three, three to eight, Nicodemus and Jesus are having this conversation, and Jesus begins to outline to Nicodemus that there's a mysterious activity of the spirit that's a bit like the blowing of the wind. That, that's the image Jesus is using. He saying you can't really get hold of the wind or say, oh, there, there it goes, yep. Ooh, got it. You, it it's, you can see and hear where it's coming from and you can see its effects and you can see where it's going. The trees are blowing. You can, you can tell the activity of the, of the wind, but you can't, you can't get hold of it. So it is with everyone who's born again. So if I was to say to you, when were you born again? You might say, oh, well, I I, I prayed a prayer on whatever day. That doesn't necessarily mean that's when you were born again. That's the effects of the Holy Spirit blowing in your life, to bring you to awakening, to call you to suddenly see by the Spirit that Jesus is Lord. Because you can't actually really pin it down, because it's mysterious. And that indwelling happened by the Spirit of God coming to you. And you were born, as it says in John chapter 1, not of human will or a husband's desire, but you were born of the Spirit of God. He, he brought you to life at a moment that actually is, a, is impossible to completely nail to the date, the time, the hour, the second, because it's like the wind. There's, there's a process that God did to you and to me and we then live in the good of it. Some, life comes. We were dead. We're brought to life. A dead person can't bring themselves to life. God brought us to life in Christ. We. The first effects of that are we feel dead, which is why we then confess our sins and receive him as Lord. There's something that he does mysteriously, and that's the indwelling. Now, you might say, well, isn't that all I need? Well, when Paul was knocked off his horse on the road to Damascus and he encountered the Lord... He knew who, who, who was talking to him. You know, he, he, he met Jesus. Then you can't quite nail exactly, well, at what point did he, was he born again? On the way to the ground? When he hit the ground? On his horse? On his way to Ananath? You can't quite tell exactly. Paul said, yeah, well, when I was at that angle, that was when I gave my life to Christ. It didn't work like that. There's a mystery. God knocked him off his horse and introduced Jesus to him. Now, you might think, well, surely... That's all he needs to then begin his ministry. But no, he said, Jesus said to Paul, go find Ananias because he's going to lay his hands on you. And amongst other things, like giving you a sight back and helping you orientate yourself, he's going to pre- lay hands on you and you are going to receive the Holy Spirit. So, as, so there was an indwelling that had taken place somewhere along that bit, But what the Lord wanted for him was an infilling. Now, indwelling and infilling are different. And one of the ways I try to explain this is, if you think about being filled with the Holy Spirit, if we think of a a glass of water, and perhaps it's like full or half full or whatever, that's quite a, a static picture. So if someone says, are oh, you filled with the Spirit? And you think of a glass of water, and you think, well, either I am or I'm not. I think it's much better to imagine the sails of a yacht. Where the wind of God blows into the sails of our lives, at a starting point, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he, in, he infills us, he energizes us, he begins to blow in an in equipping, a, in a, a changing a releasing, an anointing way, and that wind doesn't stop through the Christian life from that moment. And it's so important we learn how to hoist our sails so that the Holy Spirit can blow through and across our lives constantly. So being filled with the Spirit is a dynamic, ongoing experience of like the wind blowing in the sails of a yacht. We might have an initial introduction to that, as they did on the day of Pentecost, suddenly a wind blew from heaven, up went the sails, suddenly. But we find all the way through Acts, Acts chapter 4, various other places, we find times when the Spirit, again, blew with a force and reinvigorated the, 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 the sails on the, on the uh, yacht of their lives, if you were. He blew across the church. Maybe in this year, God's going to blow with an intensity into the sails of this church again, it hasn't mean that he'd never done it before, but he's going to do it again with another intensity. There's another infilling coming. But never is the indwelling ever in doubt. You with me? So you can be born again, know the Lord, you go to heaven, and many people don't have any teaching like this, and they, you know, they know and love the Lord, and the Lord knows and loves them. They're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. There is something more. That's why Paul had to find Ananias and Ananias had to pray for him because there was something more needed to be infilled, to be effective fully in what God wants us to be. Not just in terms of service but in terms of our relationship with the Lord. Are you still with me? Right. So there's an empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit an infilling. And Two key things this does, and I'll give you these verses, but I haven't got time to look them up. So Galatians 4, verse 6, and Romans 8, 14 to 17. Both of those speak about receiving the Holy Spirit's uh, filling and empowerment in terms of knowing the fatherhood of God in our lives. Before we get to any gifts of the Spirit or sharing our faith, because the Holy Spirit equips us to share our faith, be more, be more um, passionate about telling people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit also equips us so that we might serve him with the gifts and callings that he's got upon our lives. But first and foremost, the Holy Spirit fills our sails that we might say, Abba, Father. An intensification of the awareness of God as our Father is the primary thing that the Holy Spirit will first bring about. Now, when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, I grew up, I grew up in, a, in a church, didn't believe in any of these things, so I'd never heard any teaching of this whatsoever. Uh, and one day, I, God just uh, met with me sovereignly. I was just in my, in my bedroom at home, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to kneel down. So I just knelt down on the floor, and I had a, 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 an experience of the Holy Spirit that lasted perhaps a couple of minutes. It, it was very intense, never forgot it. Uh, very, very strong. Very, it felt like sort of white electricity kind of thing. I don't really quite know how to describe it. The effect on my life, I'll come on to gifts to the Spirit in a minute, but the effect on my life was to, uh, over the, I don't know, a little bit of time after that, just in the next few days, weeks, I can't remember, it's all a bit of a blur. Uh, it's quite a while ago now. Um, I became aware of the fatherhood of God for me in an extraordinary way and the reason I say it's extraordinary is my father died when I was eight right? so I've got no idea what it is to really have a father human I can't remember his voice I can't remember anything we did I can't remember anything about him whatsoever so growing up like that you don't really know what the fatherhood of anybody means yet alone the fatherhood of God somehow the Holy Spirit in meeting me at that moment made my heart cry, Abba, Father, in a way that I've never felt fatherless since that day, ever. Not even today. I feel the fatherhood of God closely with me every single day. That's not down to me thinking differently. That's down to the Holy Spirit blowing something into my life that was absent. It was the first fruit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And whether you've had good parents or you've absent of parents or whatever, the Holy Spirit will be wanting to blow into your life so that God feels remarkably near and close as a father to you. He's not just a Lord and a saviour, he is the father. In actual fact, adoption is the goal that God had in mind when he sent Jesus. Justification is the means to get to adoption. Justification isn't the pinnacle, it's the means to the end. The end is that we are God's children. And so the Holy Spirit brings that goal of God into focus. So we feel it. We feel it. This isn't theory. We feel it. And if you say you've been baptised in the Spirit, but you didn't feel anything at any time different, then I would say I'm not sure. Because there is something experiential about this. Something will change in different ways. Everyone's testimony is slightly different, but something will change. So, um, lastly, <laughs> before we get to pray, no, we're going to go quick. There's a step to be taken, right? So there's a promise to be received, there's an empowerment to live in, there's a step to be taken. So how do we access this filling? And this is what we'll go through now. And that's a fact, the musicians, you could come back if you don't mind, because we can, um, I can sort of just seamlessly move into this. Okay. So how do we access this? in filling of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just to give you some other verses that you might like to look up of other examples, not just Saul, not just Paul on the road to Damascus, there's Acts, Acts 8.14, there's Acts 9.17, around that area, and Acts 10.44, you can look those up. They're different examples of when the Holy Spirit fell on believers for the first time after they'd received the gospel. So they didn't get this filling of the Holy Spirit automatically. It's a second or subsequent activity of God on the life of someone who's come to Christ. It can happen at the same time you get converted, but most often, as it was in these cases, there is a time in between, and then God infills you you with with a power that's, that's supercharged from what you first maybe experienced when you gave your life to Christ. And it's a, an empowerment for intimacy, knowing God as Father. <clears throat> it's an empowerment for service, so God will energize your gifts and your callings so that you, you, you bear fruit by the Spirit. Uh, and it's an empowerment for evangelism. That people will know Christ because the Spirit of God rests on you. So the first thing is this. If a man is thirsty, in John 7.37, Jesus says, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. By this he meant the Spirit who was later to be given. A kind of um, half-hearted curiosity (laughs) won't cut it. This has to matter. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. If you're kind of th- well, "Well, yeah, I'll try that. Give it a go. Give that a go. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a gig to go to on Saturday night. I've got church. I'll give that a go. Filled with the Spirit. I go at work. So I'll just add that into my life. So a little bit of an, a, a you know, Jesus is another little attachment to my life. No, that isn't going to cut it. This is all-consuming. I'm going to be thirsty. That doesn't mean you've got to be, you know, screwed up face and intensify. That actually can be a block. This is an inner longing. An inner longing is a sober thing, whether you're intense about it or whether you're relaxed about it. It's just a longing. Be thirsty. Second, repent. What does that mean? It means stop doing things you shouldn't or start doing things you should, one or the other. Now, you might think, oh, yes, it's going to be a great big long list of those. No, the Holy Spirit will tell you what needs adjustment. God speaks to the feller in the cellar, not the fanatic in the attic. All right? So <laughs> there's, there will be, if you want to start writing a list of all the reasons why God won't fool you with the Spirit, I'll give you a few suggestions as well. So just make a And the devil will just help you. He'll give you pen after pen after pen, paper after paper. He'll get you, well, you haven't done that. You haven't done that. Oh, yes, you forgot that one. You? Yeah. No, no, no. Just repent the thing. When God wants you to change something, he'll tell you. He will tell you, communication is God's problem, not yours. Obedience is your problem and my problem, not communication. So we repent, we respond to what God tells us about Believe, in other words, believe this promise is for you. Do you believe this promise is for you from what I've said? Well, that's a good thing, because it is. Then ask, simply ask. Ask him vocally, say, Lord, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Simple. Ask and then receive and pour out. And you remember Elisha, you can find this story, 1 Kings 17. Elisha and the widow, she had a tiny little jug of oil left, a little bit left, and she said, I'm just going to pour that out and then I'm going to die because that's all the food gone. And Elisha says, get buckets, jugs, everything. Go over to all your neighbors' houses, bins, wheelie bins, anything you can find. Just get everything, any receptacle, shoes, anything. Anything and fill with oil, bring it in. Uh, and when she poured over the lip, the little she had, then the miracle started. And often things like speaking in tongues can seem like a giant step. Now, you might say, do I have to speak in tongues to be baptised in the Spirit? No. But if you want to speak in tongues, I believe you can. Paul said, I would like all of you to speak in tongues. I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's not going to say that if he's in, I would like you all to speak in tongues, but unfortunately, you can't. <laughs> I mean, That would not, that, <laughs> that would not be in, in keeping with his tone at all. He's encouraging it. and he said, But even more prophesy. What I find when we have ministry times to help people into the baptism of the Spirit is something vocal helps. Just taking that little step. And uh, lastly, I will say this, and we'll get there. Because um, he's very practical now. When I was baptised in the Holy Spirit and I felt this nearness, this fatherhood of God, I didn't speak in tongues or prophesy or anything like that. I had a real sense of God as Father, but I didn't have any gifts of the Spirit. I didn't know they existed. I didn't know anything about it. A few weeks later, I told my fr- a friend of mine uh, what had happened. They said, oh, I think that was God baptising you in the Spirit. I said, really? What's that? And they gave me this little book. I, I don't know what it was. It was a sort of Pentecostal book. And it had all the gifts of the Spirit in it. And it talks about speaking in tongues and the fruit of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I said to the Lord, well, I want everything you've got. Uh, So I just went through the scriptures, through this little book, and I said, right, Lord, I'm going to open my mouth now and I'm going to speak in a language I've never learned. And I'm trusting you that if I'm asking you for bread, you won't give me a snake. So I literally took a step. I didn't feel any flashing lights, any atmosphere. I just simply took a step and started speaking in this language. And I felt a little awkward to start with, but I thought, no, Lord, I've asked you for bread. You're not going to give me a snake. It was very, very simple straightforward. I just kept doing that every day, every week. I've been doing it ever since. And I've still had no more confirmation it's the real thing. Right? I'm just, I'm just trusting there's a promise, so I'm stepping out in faith. What I didn't know was that because people nowadays say, yeah, but you only get a few gifts. I, no one told me that. So I just kept going. So I said, oh, uh, interpretation of tongues. Uh, can I have that now, Lord? Right? I'm going to trust you that what I now say, now I've prayed in tongues, I'm going to trust you that I'll get the meaning of that prayer right now. And I'm going to start speaking without really formulating it. And I started to. I said, this is all right. No, nobody told me to stop, so I went for the next one. I said, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, Healing. Miracles, faith, I I went through the whole list, as you're going to do through this year. Listen, I've been a Christian about 40 years now. I have seen, through my life, all of the gifts manifested through me at various points. All of them. Even miracles. A few, I would put put on perhaps one or two, maybe one hand, actual miracles that go, hey, but I've still seen them. Don't ever let someone rob you of what God wants to give you. There's an abundance. I think Paul's talking about um, when you come together, each one has. He's trying to say there's a contribution from everybody and it's not going to be the same every time. I'll stop there. Um, right. Mike, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go back on what i Can you just tell the story of Canterbury and the, the, the woman? Oh, yes. And her heart. Just to yes. This was, a mir- this was one of the miracles. This was one of the, the handful. So I'm in a, a, a meeting at Canterbury... Uh, Keith Hazel, any of you remember Keith Hazel? Bless him, a spiritual father of mine. But we were doing this meeting together. And uh, I remember uh, there was, was a lot of people there. So, I know, four or five hundred people. And uh, I remember uh, just at the end of the meeting, I pointed in the far top left-hand corner. Uh, well, it wasn't the stage, but, yeah, you know, And I said, I believe there's somebody and God. You've got a heart condition, and God's healing you now. Um, and then I just moved on to something else. No, I didn't call anyone forward or anything. What I didn't know was that uh, Natasha uh, Gillett, as her name was, is uh, was um, in the back there with some friends, and her friend said to her, that's you. Let's pray for you. So there was a little prayer thing going on there I didn't know anything about. Anyway, she contacts me a few months later and says what happened. And she said, I was born with a bicuspid Heart valve. Now any medical people in here? Yeah, you know that you should actually have a tricuspid heart valve. A bicuspid heart valve means you only got two, basically, and you should have three. She was born genetically with, with only two, which is quite a life-limiting condition. It quite affects you, you know, very substantially, as you can imagine. Yeah. It's a major, major heart defect. In that moment in that meeting, God grew a third valve. To the point where, when she went back for her routine tests, they did the scans and things, and she got show, she gave me actually the, the the consultant's paper saying, tricuspid valve present, no further um, action necessary. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and uh, I still got that piece of paper, and now she's she's living a total. This is like tw- 10, 15 years ago. She is living a totally normal life with a perfectly normal heart. That is not healing. That's a miracle. So, I, all I want to say to you is don't, God, remember what I said earlier? God did extraordinary miracles. So, even handkerchiefs and scarves and aprons and things that were on him. He, now, I, you don't then make a doctrine out of that. Because he didn't do it anywhere else. Now, you can, you can look on Google and buy a healing hanky from somewhere in America, and they'll even anoint it with oil from the o- Mount of Olives and all the rest of that. There's a bit of a sideline there for you, Steph. You could make a bit of money out of that. You know, this handkerchief has been specially prayed for by Steph Liston on a Tuesday. It's, we've even managed to screen print his face on the handkerchief. So place it on the affected area uh, three times a day, and you'll be fine. Now, this was an extraordinary set of miracles. okay? So who knows what God might do among you. Yeah? So let's stand together and I'm going to